Welcome to Life to the Full, a message to Christians. This is a podcast about the abundant life that God promises in Scripture. We want to inspire those who are frustrated with themselves and their communities to live a transformed life that will impact the world. Our primary purpose is to be a platform that will impact the world through conversation. We want to invite others to connect and unite in curiosity, vulnerability, and responsibility. A transformed life is about growth, learning, and evolving. A transformed life leads to transformed communities, and transformed communities impact the world. One conversation at a time. Welcome back to Life to the Full. It is fall of 2020. And we're in our season of facing our responsibility. So our last series has been on heaven and earth. We had no idea it was going to be in four parts. It's supposed to be one episode, guys. <laughs> uh, however, I had questions and we thought it would be best to break that down. So we left off in, well, I guess introducing you guys or transitioning into the gospel. So, but before that, honey... What are you drinking? I'm drinking not a pumpkin spice latte or pumpkin spice coffee. Well, we're still there, huh? Yeah. But we do have a brand new... It's November. <laughs> uh, it's been fall for oh, a little while now. Mm-hmm. And I have yet to have pumpkin spice. I guess I did, well, like, did. for a week. In September. And, and Trader Joe's, they had it. Between September and October. Yeah. But why don't you tell them what we're drinking now? And then we went to this autumn maple syrup one from Trader Joe's. That was pretty good. And then they don't have it I didn't like it. It had like a little bit of an aftertaste. Oh, man. You should have gotten it for me. This is why I should always do the grocery shopping. (laughs) It's true. And Because sometimes when Patty goes, we have $100 worth of sauces and nothing to cook. (laughs) Shout out to our friend in California. I hope you're still listening. You know exactly this inside joke. (laughs) It's insane, guys. Insane. So, but we are drinking gingerbread. What's it called? Gingerbread what? Gingerbread coffee. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. I like it. Yeah. And it does make, make me happy. It reminds me that uh, Thanksgiving is around the corner. It is. It, just, it can't sit too long, though. When it, it sits in the pot. We have, like, one of these old percolators. I think it's from, like, World War Two. that we <laughs> use. Uh, it survived in pristine condition until we got our hands on it. Now it has, like, a, like you know, look a little burnt inside. Yeah, I think sometimes we we leave it plugged in a little bit too long. You know, back in the day, they made a lot of things like safety. Who needs safety? Who needs automatic shutoffs? Like, if you're gonna leave it on all day, you deserve to have a fire in your kitchen. Wow, you're a little rusty <laughs> this morning. <laughs> He's a little grumpy, guys. We'll see yeah. how, how ah. where this episode goes. Ah. You know, I didn't tell you. Uh, someone reached out to me on Instagram saying, um, "We see that you're a coffee lover, and maybe you want to." Um, what do you call it? Talk about our co- coffee mugs. Whoa. So I thought it was cool. We have a very... Uh, First, uh, like, sponsorship, sm- potentially? Well, really, we, have, we don't have a lot of following in Instagram, but it was really encouraging for them to... Are they going to give us free stuff? To understand that we like coffee because we have so many posts about we you do. holding coffee, me holding co- coffee, pictures of my coffee mug. I mean, there's coffee everywhere. Uh, we're at Y Superstars if you guys want to follow us there. And um, I post basically at least twice a day. I got to get up on my Instagram game. Yeah, you're, it's it's not. It's I, st- I still go to Facebook and I just, Facebook just makes me sad. 
Well, I'm so sorry that it makes you sad. I know it's still a happy place for many people. Uh, many people market, and Facebook we, is we okay, hope yeah. to market this podcast because that is where the people is, and that is where the p- people that we're trying to reach out to go to. Cats to go where the people so, are. Um, yeah, we hope. We hope we. If you're listening to this podcast because of an ad or a post on Facebook. Leave us a comment below. Because this, this this podcast is waving right now. We record on Sundays. Uh, we're in Staten Island, New York. We don't know where we're going to be in a year and five years from now. Um, but we do know that this episode will be here forever. And yep. we're very grateful that we're in this journey. And um, as I mentioned, our last series was Heaven and Earth. And Jimmy is going to start us off in this episode with the gospel. Yeah, I guess we, we've arrived at the gospel. Mm-hmm. So we took a you know, little bit of time to talk about heaven and earth. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly big topic in the Bible when you know where to look and you know what you're reading. And you read the whole thing. You don't just pick out a little bit here and there uh, to you know, prove your point or the scriptures that you, know, you go to for comfort or, you know... That you try to use to help people, you know, without really knowing the whole story. So we're going to get into the gospel today. And the gospel, again, like kind of we've been saying uh, for a while now, whenever you run into a word that you just, you would never use in normal everyday language, Mm -hmm. you have some unpacking to do. You have some work to do to figure out even what it is that you're saying. So if it's a word that you would only use in a religious context and not in like real life, you you know, you need to update your language. Yeah. And honestly, in the future we probably need better words than the words that we've been using, even though, you know, the history of Christianity is very old, history of Judaism is even older. And so we do have a lot of archaic words that have stayed with us, but we probably do need some updating in our language. And just even the way we communicate about this stuff, because sometimes what we think we think we know is not really what we know. Yeah, I would even say to even be more cautious to stop and ask yourself, what does it mean now in your circle, in your church? Right. I want to say that many people in Christian circles and churches they don't see it's either the church in the world that's how you see it's like either my group of church or like the rest of it and the rest of it doesn't even matter Hmm. so kind of want to bring that home like get to know the words right now in your bible talk in your church in your life Mm -hmm. uh and dig in dig into what that means and we hope i hope that you're here because someone told you that uh, Jimmy's gonna break it down. <laughs> so I really hope that you're. Well, we're both breaking it down. Well, I'm, I'm asking questions. That's why I'm here. You're you're slowing me down. You're you're uh, reminding me that the things that I assume that we're all on the same page with. That's a strength. Yeah. Most most people most people do not see their talent and their gifts. Their God given talent and gifts is really hard for them to see. Yeah. Unless you study it out. Yeah, it was uh, for me. It was a misunderstanding of the gospel that led me away from my Catholic faith growing up, and really into atheism. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people think of atheism as like an overreaction to life's tragedies, mm-hmm. like God. You know, almost like oh, anyone who's really an atheist, 
they're just like angry at God and they're just nihilist and they're they're just bitter people and they're awful and they're awful <laughs> uh, but there's another branch of atheism that really believes in the the progress of humanity and the uh, the worthiness of every human life to create greatness and to create amazing things you know the uh, how every human life is invaluable mm. and how the story is moving forward um, even older than a uh, religious religion stories even there's chapters that we don't know anything about because they're lost to us in the murky depths of history and time, deep time, thinking about, you know, what what we don't know about a thousand years ago, we don't know about two thousand years ago, what don't we know about ten thousand years ago, twenty thousand years ago, a hundred thousand years ago, two hundred thousand years ago, a million years ago, what are, what are the things that we don't know? How did, a, you know, a species rise from the mud and the muck of a planet to create things like poetry, mm. love, music, mm-hmm. language, uh, peace, cooperation, harmony, buildings, uh, rocket ships, science, technology, medicine. How, how did this happen? And so I was more firmly in that camp. And, uh, you know, I got to a point where I just kind of felt like, although I was grateful for some aspects of Catholicism, I kind of felt like the gospel just sounded so stupid. <laughs> the, okay. the way it was presented to me, mm, you know, like mm-hmm. basically the way it was presented to me was that, uh, okay, I did all these bad things. We all did all these bad things. We're, we're terrible people. Mm. We're a bunch of sinners. Saints for me were like special people that I was never going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in in the Bible, the way I read it at the time. And, um, you know, luckily, though, Jesus came and he paid the price for everything. And so because of that, no no one had to worry about going to hell anymore. But in my Catholic face, I got my my Catholic face. I had a Catholic face, I guess, because I had a face and I was a Catholic. But in my Catholic... I thought you meant P-H-A-S-E. Oh, phase? Mm -hmm. No, in my Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes I have trouble with TH words. Really? Yeah, yeah. I haven't noticed. Or like um, the difference between saying a spear, like I'm going to stab you with my spear versus a sphere. Mm -hmm. I have trouble with those words. Yeah. You know, I went to a a speech coach when I was a kid. Your mom told me. Too, because Mm -hmm. I... I couldn't say certain words right. And, oh, um, my baby. I was very quiet in school. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to give me special classes and all this all this stuff. My mom basically yes, said... this is where strength comes in. Listen, he'll say something when he has something to say. Oh, my so, son is fine. That was epic. And she took me out of all the special programs. And I was like, what happened to my special teacher? You know? And she's like... <laughs> You're not seeing her anymore. You're fine. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Parents, embrace your children. <laughs> and then look look at this man in front of me. I think you're a genius. And it, I'm pretty sure it was your mom. And I got to thank your mom. Because imagine you would have been labeled and put in all these yeah. traps for you. I actually remember getting into a huge fight with someone once. And she embraced it and you got into books. Uh, because of my speech difficulty, hmm. because she thought I was making fun of her accent, hmm. uh, she had a uh, Spanish accent. This isn't you. <laughs> I was like, oh, are we talking about me? And we went to see uh, an art installation of Flatland. Okay. And there were, you know, spheres, and this is this whole fable of higher dimensions written three dimensions. 
-hmm. the whole idea of like this table is one is a is a two dimensional space, and there are these creatures that are living on it, and then one day a sphere comes, and descends, and they first see it as a point, then it becomes a line, then it becomes a point again, and uh, this sphere is almost like a messianic figure, and the story coming to tell them of higher dimensions and higher things and all types of crazy stuff. But I was saying sphere. I was trying to say that, and it kept on coming out as spear. And she was like, stop making fun of my accent. I'm like, I'm not. I just, I literally can't say the word correctly. <laughs> and it was a huge fight, so. Aww. I don't know who knows, but I was, like, holding my breath. Uh, guys, we, we don't have, like, a professional studio. So this mic is actually sitting on a table that every time Jimmy moves, because he speaks with his hands. Maybe that's why they uh, hang it. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I thought it. about We got to yeah. hang this mic. We have the equipment. Every time we do something like this yeah it sounds terrible on, on the recording well i don't think it sounds terrible I it think, sounds terrible i think maybe you're, you have a you know higher level of, <laughs> of uh i thought you were gonna say something else but okay of, yeah. of tightness um, is that where you were trying to go ma- what well um <laughs> so anyway, but i think we should go back to hanging it back here yeah like, totally on a, i think so on a tripod or something or maybe we can get like your mom or something to hold a like with tie to a broom <laughs> And she'll hold it. We, we gotta, we gotta start our. I know we're not gonna use Patreon, but we gotta do something where uh, we we can start um, investing in this podcast. Yeah. If you are interested in supporting us for so Jimmy could do this full time because I cannot wait for this day. He's currently doing a full time job. So if you are interested in investing whatsoever in however way, please let us know. We, we gotta come up with the with a system similar to Patreon. Yep. We're not going to do Patreon because We're they not? are fact-checking and doing all oh, okay. these stuff. They're totally going to fact-check me. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so words. Words. Word, words are hard. Sphere. Words are hard. Words and are difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have to think about it, you know, whenever I say those words. Um, words have a lot of difficulty in a lot of languages. And I think uh, we have all of these words that we've kind of inherited from a different age, and they've lost some of their original meaning. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can be challenging to kind of realize that what you thought you knew about something wasn't really true. Yeah. You know? And so for me, being let out of my faith from God, because I had never really encountered the gospel, and then when I encountered a, a group of people, who I thought had the gospel, um, it it changed me. I was like, wow, maybe I don't know everything that I I thought I knew. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this a shot. You know, like mm-hmm. believing in uh, a guy up there somewhere, you know, who wants the best for me is hard. Uh, you know, it's more easy for me to believe in things that I, I can see and I can touch and um, I can think about. It was It was difficult. Yeah. You know, but I said, you know what, let me give it a shot. Um, and then, over the course of time, actually reading the Bible and coming into the con- coming into contact with what the gospel really is. And uh, it changed me. You know, it changed me in ways that I'm still dealing with. I think it's still, ch- it's still working on me. It's still changing me. And ironically, I was, you know, I think at the time, I just assumed at first that everyone who is also reading this 
was also like on the same page mm. you know and then also like you know when going go, realizing that that wasn't necessarily true you know going through uh you know a divorce going through uh different challenges different deaths in my family uh, there was definitely a time like where i prioritized just the community mm-hmm. you know like okay we don't have to agree on everything i just let's like just keep the community you mm-hmm. know and to to me today community is still very very valuable but i i have come to grips more and more with the fact that not having the gospel and calling yourself christian and trying to follow jesus it's it's not just impossible it's not that it's just it's impossible it it hurts people mm-hmm. because it, you end up filling it in with something else yeah. and i think when we fill in something that was supposed to be filled in by god with our own ideas no matter how noble or how much we, we come from a a good place mm-hmm. it leads to nothing but sorrow mm-hmm. and tragedy and loss it's it's a pathway to death mm-hmm. you know so this series is important to me um i'm not i'm not going to pretend that after we get through this series all the mysteries of the gospel will be laid bare, you know, mm-hmm. and we'll be able to, you know, sing Kumbaya, you know, and, and have everything. I think there is still a profound mystery of the gospel. There's still like a profound, there's a lot, there's a lot of work still left to do in my own personal life. And I think in the church's own story, which is ongoing. And I think, you know, a lot of great thinkers in the world are engaging in these stories and trying to figure out, well, how have, how is it that we have so lost the story of the gospel and mainstream Christianity that, you know, it, it sounds very insulting, but it's like, it's almost like there, there's not really a lot of authentic Christianity out there. It's something else. All right. So let's let's take the word itself, gospel. Nice. Uh, what does that word mean to you? What do you think that word means to most people? Most people will think of gospel as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay. Uh, so I think people in our in our tradition will think of that. I'm not sure if many people will see it as good news or an announcement or any of that. What I think. Yeah, I think, um, yes, I think most people will probably say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. are the gospel, and mm-hmm. then we have the letters. And then other people who are slightly more informed will say, well, the gospel means good news. Mm-hmm. This is the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, what is the, what is that good news? We'll get to it in a, a minute um, of what I think most Christians believe and what I think the Bible is actually trying to say. Um but it's lost some of its context. So gospel, in a sense, it's a little bit more than just good news. It's an old... It is more than good news. Yeah. It's an old word that means euangelion. I mean, you know, that's, I think that's the original word. I don't think I'm pronouncing it perfectly. Uh, but it, it's all, it's used, it was used historically in the context of the birth of royalty or the ascension of a new ruler. And so being that that was good news, like, you know, this is lifted 
basically wholesale right from its historical context by the authors of the New Testament uh, from Roman culture and society when there was the birth of a new Caesar or uh, a new Caesar came to power there was what was called a proclamation or the gospel euangelion right and it was an announcement but it was also an announcement with blessings so it wasn't just like hey good news everyone there's a new Caesar and everybody was supposed to throw a party there would be like tax relief or there would be some type of monetary blessing that would be distributed amongst the people. There was something tangible that would happen in people's lives to celebrate uh, this this thing that was happening in the Roman world. Because the Romans were smart. Yeah. You know, the Romans understood that, you know, like in a any empire that's that large, it's impossible to keep everyone fully informed. It's impossible to engage everybody. But one way you can do that is, you know, through money, through entertainment, through some type of benefit to the masses. Mm -hmm. So when there was a euangelion, it would be like, when there was a gospel, it'd be like, there'd be good news. Mm -hmm. But there'd be a blessing Mm -hmm. attached with that, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, that's kind of like our context that we have to, we don't think we really have a word in English that kind of captures that. Because good news could be like, hey, good news, we don't have to go to work today, or good mm-hmm. news... I have a baby! I'm having a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not, by the way, so <laughs> just in case. But this is more of like, good news, there's been a fundamental change mm. in the nature of reality. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and here is the tangible proof. Your lives are about to get better in this way. Mm. There's going to be some type of tax break, there's going to be some type of... A monetary payout there's going to be something built like uh, some type of public works like a bathhouse or an aqueduct or a temple that's going to benefit everybody in society public right. housing you know this was not just something that it was like hey good news it's a sunny day right you know so i think we need to i guess for some a presidential election can feel like um that type of good news like everything's like if your party wins, you can feel like, hey, everything's going to be better now. You know, I know we're we're against that type of thinking because we, right. we're it's personal responsibility. Yeah, we it's take care of your house, mm-hmm. not the White House. <laughs> Shout out to Sean Stevenson if you ever oh, uh, listen to our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for teaching my wife how to go to sleep. Yeah. No. 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 It saved my life. I know. No, seriously. I know it did. Mm-hmm. It, those were the two big things. Sean Stevenson, his book, mm-hmm. and then uh, The Perfect Day Formula that changed your life around the same time. Mm, no, I. what I mean by changing my life is that I could have been dead. Mm. Like, really. I don't think Perfect Day Formula... It, it was a great, uh, a great tool, a great resource, a great program, great teacher. Um, but just uh, being open to sleep that book with what opened my understanding of resting hmm nice it was basically when you don't sleep as he says it you become more stupid yeah <laughs> it's true and then you're witnessing that right when you have that lack of sleep and it feels you I mean raise your hand if you feel amazing when you don't get sleep uh crickets no one feels amazing when they only have about an hour it's of true sleep. 
You know, in that in that sense, it's hell. Yeah, you know, <laughs> taking even a book like *Sleep Smarter* and putting it into that context, it is in a sense a gospel, right? Because it it helped you, it changed your life in a significant way, mm-hmm. and it was good news. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about the gospel mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? So even if we were trying to figure out, okay, where would we even start, you know, our our talk on this? Now, what I think most Christians uh, would say that they believe. Now, again, the gospel. I think if you ask anybody, you're going to get like a different answer. Whoever mm-hmm. you ask of, mm-hmm. you know, you ask, and even if we remember uh, our point of view episode with the family tree of the yeah, church, I remember. You know, like there's so many different branches, yeah. but there's supposedly one gospel, mm-hmm. right? So how can that be? Right. That we have all these different versions of essentially what's supposed to be the same thing right you know it can seem that would change humanity as you mentioned oh the what did you call it that was really good what did i say it's okay that was really good i forgot oh wow must have been that not been that good i sure forgot it but anyway yeah you know i think you know let's go into the book of mark so your last question or your last point was that how can we have so many denominations when supposedly there's only one gospel? Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. So how does that work? Mm-hmm. And then I think, though, even though there are different denominations, I think most casual Christians or most uh, people who aren't even Christian who think that they know what Christians are all about, you know, they'll probably say that the story looks something like like this here we are on earth you know and i'm taking this from a tim Mackey lecture mm-hmm. that uh you know it's on youtube maybe at some point we'll, we'll link it with the episode so you guys can see it um you know we're kind of be going through some of i created kind of like my version of his diagram because it you know it was very helpful for me in explaining it to people basically what most people you know think the gospel is about and what you know jesus came here to do is that here I am on Earth? That's me. Wave at me. <laughs> I'm planet. There's Patty, right? Mm-hmm. Right. We're waving. We're holding hands. What? We're we're <laughs> skipping. Oh. Well, I'm trying goodness. to skip. I can't skip. Oh, Nana. <laughs> hey, I, Nana told him that he can't couldn't skip. I can't. I just some people just now weren't made to skip. No, honey, that was just Nana being silly. And then you know here we are. We're alive. Yay! And then mm-hmm. one day we're gonna die. No. <laughs> and depending on what we believed, mm-hmm. right, about this figure whose name is Jesus, mm-hmm. and uh, what maybe what prayers we said, or um, what we do every day, or what, you know, building we go to once a week, a church building, right? Mm-hmm. What church I'm a part of. Um, when I die, I'm going to go to one or two places. I'm going to go either to heaven. And I'm going to go to hell, right? And heaven is a good place, mm-hmm. right? Heaven is where everything is going to be better. And we All don't... spiritual people will be there. We don't, we don't know what it's going to be like, but it's going to be so amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, some people do say they know what it's going to be like. You know, it's going to be just like, we're in heaven and we're not going to have bodies anymore. And we're going to just all be spirits and we're going to be there with God and we're going to be singing his praises forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to go to hell, mm-hmm. right? Where we're going to be just in pain and torment 
for all of eternity. It's never going to end, right? And then what my Catholic faith, Catholic faith gave to me as well was this concept of purgatory because I think they had this, you know, a lot longer than our tradition had this idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they quickly realized, wow, if it depends on how you live your life here on earth, only saints go directly to heaven. That was their thinking. Um, you know, our tradition would say that anyone who's a disciple of Jesus is one of the saints. Um, but their way of thinking is only saints get to go directly to heaven. Everyone else goes to this in-between place called purgatory. And purgatory isn't really hell. It isn't really heaven. It's kind of like a place of waiting and testing, uh, which you can't find in the Bible at all. This is kind of like just a construct. I think there, there are some scriptures that they pick out that probably aren't in the Protestant Bible that are in the Catholic Bible, which has those extra books where they can kind of tease out this idea. Second teaching temples? Second teaching... Second temple literature? Is that the name of it? Yeah, well, even um, most New Testament literature can be considered Second Temple Jewish writings. Oh, okay. But the, the deuterocanonical books That's the or the Apocrypha, okay. right? So these extra books that didn't quite make it into the Protestant canon. You know, some of them are in the... Uh, the Catholic canon, and some of them are just, they're not in either canon, but we still have, we still have them, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you, you go to purgatory for a set number of, of years or periods of time. Uh, you can say prayers for people who are in purgatory. You can, you can pray for them, but they'll eventually, they're going to take the elevator to heaven, right? Mm-hmm. So, because really, like, you'd have to be, like, a really terrible person to go to hell, Right, you know, like they wouldn't say, okay, all sinners are going to hell and staying in hell. You know, maybe you're just like you're trying your best, but you're obviously not perfect because nobody's perfect. To get to heaven, you'd have to be perfect. So you're going to go to purgatory for a while, and then, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> you know, God's going to have mercy and He's going to allow you to eventually get back into heaven, where He wants everyone to be in heaven. But there'll be some, like Hitler, and other, like Osama bin Laden, and like other terrible people who will just go directly to hell and never be able to get out, um, you know, and some people who just choose. You know, I think hell would also be a place for Buddhists, for um, people who practice Islam, anyone who's not Christian, you know, like would end up in this hell, right? Wow. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like... The gospel, I think, that most people think that you believe when you say, I'm a Christian. And, you know, as Tim Mackey likes to say, the only problem with this is the Bible. The Bible doesn't say this. And your second problem is Jesus, because Jesus didn't preach this either. Right. So, and I I think it's very shocking to some people. (laughs) Yes. Because I think some people have accepted this. And I think some people have accepted... Have made major decisions. Have made major life decisions, mm-hmm. um, you know, either broken up with boyfriends or girlfriends. Husbands or wives. Husbands or wives. Fathers um, and mothers. Fa- have said horrible Meth. things to their mm-hmm. families, left friends, yep. um, left jobs, left careers, um, because uh, of accepting this gospel. And that's where it can get very, very dangerous. Yeah. Um, 
And, I, and paradoxically, I think some people have come to accept this, even though they don't like it. You know, they've kind of become convinced from their church. And I think this is this speaks more to like our own tradition, because um, in Catholicism there was always that idea of purgatory, and that idea that we're all good people and we're trying our best. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, most Catholics, you know, would probably even say that yeah, no, Hindus and Muslims are probably also trying their best too, yeah. and that God will have a place for them as well. Yeah. They might not go directly to heaven unless they're like you know exceptional people here on Earth. Um, like Gandhi. Like Gandhi, right? <laughs> sort of, I guess, until you actually like, pick up a book and you read about his life. Um, you know, would go directly to heaven. Uh-huh. But in our tradition, I think we've, we've kind of been taught that there's only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus. And, you know, like no one else is going to get there. It's very, very sad. You know, so if you believe the wrong things or you believe the wrong gospel... Right, because knowing the right gospel will somehow get you into heaven after you die. Um, you know, it's a tragedy. You could have been a great person. You know, it doesn't doesn't mean anything. You could be a really good person, but you're still going to go to hell if you don't believe and know the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, or get baptized. And you can be a miserable person, but if you are a Christian who believes the right things, and got baptized, and got baptized, and you go know, to church every Sunday. You say the right things. You, you, you're good of your checklist. Yeah, you know that's just an imperfect person. But by the grace of God, they're gonna they're gonna go right to heaven mm-hmm. when they die. They bought the ticket already, so yeah. I'm in. They they might have uh, neglected their children, neglected their spouses, um, terrible workers at their jobs, um, just miserable people. But like as long as you know those certain boxes are strong. checked. Well, I'm going to an extreme case. Okay. Yeah. No, like, even in know. myself, what I just said, but it's okay. Yeah. Or even if you're somewhere in between. Right. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't, it takes out that moral um, objective that I think I had growing up as a Catholic, that you don't have to be perfect to get to heaven. Jesus' blood, or go to directly to heaven when you die. Uh, Jesus' blood will cover you so you can be far less than perfect. But as long as you believe the right things and you do... Uh, what we think you should do according to what we believe, mm-hmm. right? Like attendance at a church, uh, you know, going to certain events, uh, believing and thinking the right things, you will go directly to heaven when you die. Um, which makes many people, in my opinion, like even unable really to read the Bible as it really is. Because what about if I question the Bible? What about if I'm in the middle of a questioning period and then I die? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to me? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I can remember, you know, studying the Bible with people, uh, as as we call it, right, to get them to a decision of whether or not they want to be a disciple of Jesus or be in our church. And I remember even a few people, uh, one person in particular I'm thinking of right now, uh, who are very dramatic about the whole thing. We had only done like two studies with them there were like seven in total and they were like but what about if i leave right now and i get hit by a bus aren't i going to hell Hmm. and you know at the time it was like i i I guess so you know i i don't think god would allow that to happen but at the time i i I really believed that this person was going to go to hell if they got hit by a bus before they had finished their studies and had been baptized and all that stuff so uh we stayed up really late at night we went through all the studies, make sure 
they had checked all the boxes, they believed all the things that they were supposed to believe, and then we baptized them early uh, that morning, you know, because it was, went into the night, into wow. the early hours in the morning, it was like two in the morning, and that we, uh, in the middle of winter, and we found uh, a beach, because that's the only place we could find, we couldn't fit him in the guy's bathtub, because he was very tall, very tall or taller than his small little bathtub. Uh, what accommodate for everyone's pool was closed everything else was closed there was no YMCA to go to or anything so we had to take him to the ocean in the middle of the night and you know dump him in the ocean Um, you know and I can even remember like the fear of like even just getting into the car you know like there was legitimate fear in this person because it's like what happens if we get in a car accident you know I'm not baptized yet you know it was like it'll be be fine nothing's gonna happen we're gonna just go to the ocean and, um, yeah, so that's what I think most people think you believe when you say you're a Christian. I think that's probably the majority view. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I think the challenge is to, you know, understand what the gospel is enough that you actually can, you know, deal with that. You know? And I, I think one of the great things about this you know, even though this, this seems like a profound misunderstanding of the gospel, as we'll see, is that it's actually an invitation. Like, because you can ask people, well, what do you think the gospel is? And you can hear their answer. They're like, oh, well, you believe that you have to be a Christian when you die to go to heaven. Or if you're not a Christian when you die, you go to hell. Most, most people think that's what the gospel is, mm-hmm. you know? And... Uh, uh, one of the things I love about Rob Bell, uh, you know, say what you want about his books. I think his books are pretty cool. Um, I like a lot of his stuff that he has online as well. Is that, you know, he, he too starts a lot of conversations like that, asking people, well, what do you think about God? Or why don't you believe in God? And they'll go, I don't believe in God because I feel like God is angry. And I don't, I don't like believing in an angry God. And Rob Bell will be like, that's so cool. I don't believe in an angry God either. I don't believe in that God either. Oh, well, I don't believe in God because I don't think, you know, a a just God would condemn millions of people to hell for all eternity. That's so cool. I don't believe in that God either. You know, and it's it's almost like a, a a conversation starter in a sense of getting people to understand that what they think they know about you or what they think your position is may not actually be your position. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Let's get into uh, what then. What is the gospel? Right. What What does the Bible actually say? And uh, yeah, it's a good question. Let's go to Mark chapter one. In case you're looking for it, it's right before Mark chapter two. No, nothing. No. In Mark 2, it says the beginning of the gospel. I thought it was Mark 2. I mean, Mark 1. You're right. Mark 1. Okay. Thank you. In Mark 1, which is before Mark 2, it says the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So, if you're looking anywhere, if you're like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if the Bible kind of just said it? said what this gospel is (laughs) you go to mark one and you're like oh the beginning of the gospel about jesus christ the son of god and then you know you're waiting for like the heaven and hell bit 
But instead, you get, it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in a desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And it's like, ugh, Bible. Why do you have to be the Bible? What do you mean you're going to send me to Isaiah? You know, so right away, I think the one thing we have to understand is that on every page of the Bible, every sentence of the Bible is inviting you hmm. to read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's as if you're picking up a story in the middle of it, right? And a lot of us just want to run with that because we want it to be simple. Yeah, we want Black it to be. White. We want it to be easy. Mm-hmm. And then here comes you know Mark, the author of Mark. And you're like, you get all excited. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ. Yes, we're going to get our answers. And he sends you to Isaiah. And you're like, what? And then Isaiah sends you to the Torah. And then the Torah sends you to the opening pages of Genesis. And that sends you to the whole thing. Because the whole thing is interconnected front and back. Right? It just doesn't go from the back to the front. The front also is talking to the middle and the end. And it's all kind of like this one big mess. That's one of the things we went over and the class that we just wrapped up, right? Is that it's all connected. You can't just read one part of it without reading everything. Right. So that frustrates a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in one hand it frustrates a lot of people, and, a lot, and other times these are the things that people just skip over, and then we assume that we know what, what's, what's actually being communicated here, right? We can just be like, oh, you know, Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in a desert. Okay, this is obviously a reference to, you know, John, right? John the Baptist. The Baptiste, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. And he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. Oh, that's cool. We're getting actually the message. <laughs> After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Or in some translations, with Fire. Fire, 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 Is that a song? It should be. It's not. Oh, why not? Maybe we can make it. No. Okay. So there seems to be here this idea, right? We're being invited into a story that there's going to be some type of forgiveness mm-hmm. of sins. Mm-hmm. And again, remember, we have, to, we have to enlarge our definition of sin, mm-hmm. that it's not the lie you told this morning. It's not, it's not the bird you flipped at the guy who cut you off, right? It's not the, um, the word you said to your spouse or your children that you think is taboo because, or, a or a curse word, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the word you said when you stubbed your toe, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, a friend of mine recently, was, uh, he cut his finger uh, pretty bad. Hmm. Uh, and his daughter saw, saw it. And his daughter is, uh, you know, little. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Daddy, did you cry? <laughs> and he goes, mm, no, I didn't, I didn't cry. Daddy, did you say a bad word? 
<laughs> and he said, well, probably, probably, Daddy, you shouldn't say bad words. Uh... <laughs> you know? And, and he, he was kind of laughing because it was just like she went through, like, her checklist <laughs> to make sure that he was okay. Uh, and the fact that he cut his finger first, she was worried about his pain, his physical pain. And then she was almost, like, concerned, I guess, with his salvation because she wanted to make sure that he hadn't said a word that would have been like a sin, right? Wow. So there's going to be so enlarging our definition of sin. We've talked about it. Sin is more of a state of wrongness, mm-hmm. right? Not living up to what you were created for, right? Not being truly human, being mm-hmm. something less than human, mm-hmm. becoming less than human, uh, less than the not living up to the fact that you're made in the image of God, mm-hmm. right? There's going to be forgiveness for that, yep. you know, and then um, repent. And again, repent is a Another strange word yep. that no one uses it in real life. Uh, what do you think most people think of when they think of repentance? Change, turn to a 180. Okay. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it, it, there is a turning away or j- switching direction. But the other part of the word is then a moving away. Mm-hmm. Right? When you repent, you turn and you go in the opposite direction. Right. So if... Your life was wrong in some way uh, before. Now, right, you have the opportunity to cor- course correct. Yeah. To go away that's that's different. And this, I think, is a message of the gospel that most people could resonate with. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think all of us know that in some ways the world just isn't right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that we're not right. And that our children aren't right. And society's not right. The environment's not right. But the, there's so much potential there. You know, I think when you look at a newborn baby, mm-hmm. right, there's just so much life and so much potential in that little thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it can be scary and overwhelming because I think on some level you know that for that little child, it's not, things aren't going to go right you know some of they're not gonna ever be able to live up to their possibility Hmm. their bundles of possibility um and i think you know here's an invitation by john who is baptizing people john the baptist um in the desert region region and you know he was preaching a baptism of repentance forgiveness of sins um and it, you know, it says all of Judea was coming out, all of Jerusalem was coming out, and then you know he talks about how he wore clothing made of camel's hair. Then we get this weird word, this weird thing where he's like, "I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." So there's there seems to be some type of washing that's going on, some type of ceremonial. Thing happening, a turning around, right? And then there's going to be some type of other baptism with the Holy Spirit or with fire, right? So again, using everything we've kind of learned before in our Heaven and Earth series, where have you heard, you know, some type of immersion of fire? Oh, baptize is probably another word that needs to be unpacked as well. That's not something we use in real life, mm-hmm. right? You don't baptize your dishes when you're washing them. You don't baptize a baby when you're cleaning them, right? You don't get baptized every time you jump into a pool. 
but the word has that meaning of a full immersion, right? Mm-hmm. Of jumping into of, and it doesn't necessarily even mean to uh, need to mean with water. There's like that scene, and I think it's the Book of Acts, where the people are talked about as one streaming out of a building, right? With Paul and I think Silas, perhaps, because they were gonna like do something to him, to them. And the word is the same there. It's like as one, they baptized, baptismo, and they they left the room. You know, so there's like they left as one person. So there's language behind here that I think we need to unpack. So let's continue. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in a Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love with you. I am well pleased. So, yeah, the language here, again, is the same similar type of language that we've heard when we, you know, we went through heaven and earth. This is temple language, right? God's spirit descending on Jesus um, like a dove. You know, heaven being torn open, heaven coming down to earth in the form of Jesus. And it says, at once the spirit sent him out into the desert and he was in the desert 40 days being tempted by the adversary or the accuser. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. So same type of thing. We're getting like Exodus language here. 40 days in the desert. The Israelites were 40 years in the wilderness, right? So callbacks. After John was put into prison, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Oh, oh, cool. Jesus is going to explain to us the good news, which is the gospel. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. So, you know, again, here we have straight from Jesus' mouth. He's proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. So here we have the sense, again, of the ongoing story of God establishing his kingdom on earth. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can see it in the, when you read the whole Bible. But it's easy to make this about something else or to just skip this over entirely. Skip this over as this is Bible language. This isn't actually how I work out my Christianity in my life. But here to Jesus, this was very important. This was very important. He says the time has come now. Heaven is coming here, right? Heaven just came here in the person of Jesus. The kingdom of God is near. It's coming. Repent and believe the good news. And this is supposed to be good news Mm -hmm. that heaven is coming to earth and God's kingdom is near, right? And I think this is what we miss a lot when we go, when we go through and we talk about the gospel, right? We make it about us going there. Right. But according to Jesus, it's not about us going there. Mm-hmm. It's about something coming here. near mm-hmm. to us. Something something is here. Yeah. I think and, some people take near as in it's going to happen after when Jesus comes back again. Yeah. I think sometimes, sometimes people can make this about the church. Mm-hmm. They can make it a be like that's the point of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think that that is where the story is going. But I think the point is 
in Jesus, something is now here mm-hmm. and something is close. Yeah. Right? Something's coming. And then, you know, you you read on, you read the whole story. Jesus' death and resurrection seems to do something that brings these two spaces together, heaven and earth. So in Jesus, heaven and earth become one. God's kingdom is coming here. It's coming near. And that's the good news. Mm -hmm. But then you ask yourself, well, what about hell? Mm -hmm. What about... (laughs) You start looking... Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can easily read hell into these scriptures, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not here. So I think this might be a good place to stop for today, because, uh, you know, we, we've heard basically the gospel according to Jesus. Mm-hmm. The time has come, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. Something is coming near. Something is here in the person of Jesus, and something is coming. Heaven and earth becoming one and i think next episode we'll deal more with well then what about hell right yeah that's good and if you have done the challenge in one sitting let us know please you could oh the one gospel uh, challenge yeah the one gospel challenge uh, so I'll, I'll be interested to finding uh some of the questions which i do have i'm gonna write them down for our next episode sounds great Thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, This is Life to the Full podcast with your host, Desitos. And as always, adios, muchachas. And muchachos.